Success is about more than just business strategies. It's also about aligning with your higher purpose and clearing inner obstacles that stand in the way. I say this because you deserve to do what you love and to feel fulfilled along the way. And the reality is you're likely spending more time than you'd like to stuck in self-doubt. You may be asking yourself things like, why do I never seem to reach my biggest goals no matter how hard I work? Or why do I never quite feel like I've done enough, have enough, or am enough? If any of these sound familiar, you are not alone. And I've been there too. The good news is that the solution is simpler than you think. I'm sharing it inside my new four-day women's immersion, The Inner Critic Cure. This live four-day event includes daily classes, potent practices, and a brilliant supportive community of like-minded women. And best of all, it's only $37. This method is gentle yet powerful, and it actually works even when others haven't because it's based on a proven psychotherapeutic framework called Internal Family Systems or IFS. By the time you leave, you'll have the knowledge and tools to not only heal your relationship with those harsh inner voices, but to turn them into your strongest allies now and for the rest of your life. So join us to discover how to put an end to those negative voices that have held you back from your biggest dreams and desires. So you can live into the full potential you know is possible for you in both your business and in your life. You can learn more and join us inside the Inner Critic Cure at programs-saravonstover.com forward slash immersion. That's programs-saravonstover.com forward slash immersion. I'd love to see you there. Hello, welcome to the Sarah Avonstover podcast, a space to come home to your inner wisdom. I'm Sarah best-selling author and teacher of women's yoga, meditation, and spirituality. And this podcast was born out of my own desire to hear Dharma talks, which are what the Buddhist tradition calls wisdom teachings, through the distinct lens and voice of the sacred feminine. Here, I'll share these very talks, along with rich conversations about all different facets of the feminine spiritual journey. But above all, I created this because I believe that when a woman gets still and quiet enough to hear her inner wisdom, she's able to live her true path in the world. I hope this podcast helps you do just this. I'm happy you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, friends. Today, I want to talk about something that I get asked about a lot, and that is how to cultivate a regular, ideally daily spiritual practice, and in doing so, how to overcome the resistance that arises to even doing that. And I know this can be a struggle especially when you're really busy, especially when you have small children or live in a small space or have a full-time job, et cetera, et cetera. And in these increasingly uncertain times that can bring on a lot of anxiety, fear, and stress, we're grappling with existential threats like the pandemic 
like climate change, like the crumbling of ideologies and societal structures that we've known for a long time. And all of this is bringing on more and more divisiveness that is becoming more and more apparent and more and more concerning. So to help us to be more of a healing presence in the face of all of this, it's more imperative now than ever before that we root daily, first and foremost, in our spiritual depths. I'm so grateful to have had a daily spiritual practice for over 20 years now. It started after my first Vipassana meditation retreat when I was 21 and living in Thailand. And it has just grown and evolved since then. And it's been a lifeline, honestly, through the years, through the decades, through all the ups and downs in my life. It shifts and changes right along with me, but it's just a steady place that I can return to no matter what's happening. And this allows us, you know, when when we cultivate this daily spiritual practice, it allows us all to be better resourced, to be more present with ourselves and others, more in our bodies more in touch with what's happening inside of us, which helps to make us less reactive. And it helps us to remember that there's a higher intelligence at work here that we can partner with, whether you know that as love, God, goddess, the universe, your own heart, or your higher self, and that we're not doing this alone. When we are more resourced, we can drop below the fluctuations of our minds, which, if we're honest with ourselves, can be pretty crazy. And remember that there's a deeper peace that's deep within us, and that's sometimes more readily accessible than at other times, just like the sky, even on a really cloudy day, or even in the midst of a big storm, Still, behind the clouds, behind the weather patterns, there's the vastness of the sky. And when we can remember that and connect with that, then there's a much better chance that we can act from that stillness, from that peace, and even that we can emanate it, that we can Be the presence of that for others in a world that is becoming less and less peaceful. So I share this now to really, really stress that spiritual practice is not a luxury. It cannot be an afterthought. It has to be the foundation of all that we do because this uncertainty is only going to increase. And in the face of this, just establishing and or deepening into your daily spiritual practice is the very best gift you can give yourself and the world in the midst of all of this. Now, before I go through several steps in actually doing this, I first want to invite you to a free workshop I'm offering later this month. Actually, it's in a couple of days on February 22nd. 
And it's all about just supporting you and working through resistance and overcoming inner obstacles and actually helping you to actualize the vision that you have for your life, for your work. And it's called Becoming Whole in 2022, Healing Brokenness, Clearing Blocks, and Clarifying Your Vision for Work and Life. So again, it's happening this Tuesday, February 22nd at noon Denver time. And please do not worry if you can't attend live, if this is the middle of the night for you, or if you're working at that time, you will receive the recording afterwards and you will still get a lot of benefit by going through the exercise that I'm going to share with the video recording. And I am sharing this at this time of year, at the end of February, because the momentum of the new year just starts to begin to evaporate at this time, if you've noticed. So it can be helpful to kind of recharge our vision, to even refine it. And we'll do this through me leading you through an exercise to uncover greater clarity as well as to reveal various blocks, conscious and unconscious, that are standing in the way of you realizing this vision. And we'll do this through the support of the internal family systems therapeutic model. Uh, So a little bit about internal family systems, also known as IFS, for those of you who are not familiar with it. It's an evidence-based model of psychotherapy that is proving to be enormously effective in healing trauma, in healing often hard-to-reach parts of ourselves, and it's endorsed by people like Tim Ferriss, Gabby Bernstein, Gwyneth Paltrow, and more. And for me personally, IFS has transformed and improved my life immeasurably, It's just a key part of my own just daily inner work, as well as my professional work these days. And with it, my own private clients and students are also experiencing remarkable results. So in this free workshop, I invite you to come and learn more about it and experience it for yourself and gain the benefits of helping you to work with resistance and obstacles that arise inevitably, as we move towards the things that we most want in life. Again, this is free, and you can learn more and join us at becomingwholeifs.com. That's becomingwholeifs.com. And now let's go through some of these steps to help you to overcome resistance, specifically to your daily spiritual practice. Number one, create a physical space. Now, this could be the corner of a room. If you don't have a whole room, you could devote to it. Um, Some people do it in a closet, an alcove, and you want to have there a cushion, a meditation cushion or special chair some sort of an altar, which could be a little table or a shelf or part of a shelf where you place sacred objects that inspire you and represent things that remind you of 
just the the deeper essential qualities that you want to embody. So you could have a candle, you could have pictures of teachers or statues of sacred beings. If you like to draw a card or cards in the morning, it could be one of those card decks. It could you could place fresh flowers there each day or each week. And this specific space, it's important to have it designated and to return to it every day because it does build an energy over time. And the more time you spend there in practice, the more that this physical space starts to emanate that practice. And when you are sitting there, it helps you to settle more. It helps you to drop in more than if you were just to sit on the couch in the living room, for instance. Number two is really, ideally, you want to do this first thing in the morning. It's often said that the most successful people in the world do the hardest and the most important things first. And I would say that meditation is one of those things. And if it's really hard for you, you know, some of my students, I know they just meditate in bed. They wake up and they just sit in their bed and they meditate. I know that contradicts what I said in number one. But again, the most important thing is is that you actually do it. So if you do do this first thing in the morning, which I highly recommend, you're going to want to keep your phone off and ideally keep it on airplane mode in the kitchen or elsewhere in your house outside of your bedroom while you're sleeping. And when you wake up, you know, maybe you go to the bathroom, maybe you brush your teeth, maybe you drink some water, and then you sit down on your cushion and you meditate. And it's not until after you do that, that you turn on your phone or get on your email or just start to open to the outer world. And I guarantee you, this will just make huge shifts in the experience of your day. Number three is that once we do get to the cushion, we want to sit in silence and in stillness. So while things like walking or drinking tea or coffee, running, doing yoga, tai chi, etc. can be meditative, when you bring a lot of presence to them, they're not meditation. Meditation is sitting and being and doing nothing. Uh, You can engage in a meditation technique like being aware of your breath, feeling the rise and fall of the breath in your belly, or feeling the air flow in and out of your nostrils. That's the primary meditation practice that I return to and that I teach. And there are others if there's already one that that you're practicing. Number four is we want to go for quality over quantity. And we don't want to make this all or nothing. We don't want to say, well, if I can't sit for 30 minutes, then I'm not going to sit at all. 
10 minutes is a good is a good place to start and much better to do that consistently and you can build up over time so i encourage you to initially set the bar low but we can all do 10 minutes and if you have a small child or a baby you can do this while you're nursing or while they're napping and in tibetan buddhism there's even shorter practices of about six minutes minutes that are called glimpse practices. And those can be inserted, you know, just in the middle of the day. I try to do a glimpse practice during my lunch break and ideally at the end of my work day to just sit and be and help to move out of that momentum of being very much in our heads, in our intellects identified with our egoic structures and in the momentum of doing, doing, doing. (laughs) Number five, I encourage you to consider the triple gem, which is just one of the foundational aspects of Buddhism. And you don't need to be Buddhist to consider these three gems uh, because they're really applicable to any spiritual tradition or orientation. So the triple gems are the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. And the Buddha is pointing us to our own essential nature, the teacher within ourselves, just the true being that we are uncovering, that we're coming home to through these practices. The Dharma is the sacred teachings, which can include the teachers. And the Sangha is the spiritual community. So ideally, we want to have all three of these present in our lives to support us with our practices. And access to teachings can look like reading spiritual books, listening to podcasts like this one, taking uh, spiritual online courses, listening to wisdom talks on YouTube videos or other Dharma talks. Um, Also doing a guided meditation like on Insight Timer. I have some meditations on there that you can use as well. And then interspersed with that, more importantly, is we want to have live teachings where there's actual relationship and transmission with a teacher and a spiritual community for deeper support, which I'll talk about in the next, the next item. Number six is related to the Sangha. It's related to the spiritual community. And we live in such a hyper-individualist culture where we're really taught to be self-reliant, to do things alone, And just the reality of how we're wired as human beings that just couldn't be further from the truth. We were not meant to do things alone. We are relational creatures. We are pack creatures. And we really do need each other. It's not needy to need each other. It's actually wise. And the spiritual journey, as you know, if you've been on it for a while, it's not easy. It's not easy. It it forces us to really face some deeper truths in life 
to do deeper work, but as a result, it makes things easier than if we didn't do that. Still, it's not for the faint of heart. So we need people who are on the same path as us to encourage us, to challenge us, to witness and support us, and to practice with us because it can get lonely if we're doing it by ourselves all the time. And we can just start to get uninspired. So maybe we're not practicing with people all the time because it is important to also have a personal practice, but on a relatively regular basis. And spiritual community or sangha is one of the things that's going to help us to get through these times more and more. We're going to need to lean on each other. You know, I think about just at the turn of the year here in Colorado, where the worst wildfire in Colorado history, the Marshall Fire, swept through uh, nearby about 10 minutes from my house, and how important community was during that time to check in on people, to offer places to stay, to donate money and food and clothing, and just to see ways that we could offer support. And with all that we're facing in the world, we, we, we need to cultivate these deeper communities to support us for who knows what we're going to be facing. I want to take a short break to let you know that registration for a few of my most beloved programs are now open, but only for about another week. So if you are looking for this spiritual community and these teachings and this greater inspiration and accountability to access your deeper being through your daily practice so that you can bring your life into greater alignment and enhance your health at every level, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, Women's House of Wisdom offers all of this and more. It's a refuge for belonging, healing, and becoming in this increasingly uncertain world. A nine-month online feminine spiritual practice community, Women's House of Wisdom integrates women's yin and slow flow yoga, Buddhist meditation, ancient wisdom teachings, and an evidence-based psychotherapeutic modality. All of these will empower you to abide in your deepest center through all the ups and downs of life. With monthly women's yoga and meditation retreats and internal family systems or IFS therapy groups, as well as a community of like-minded women from around the world, you'll receive the fierce and loving support you need to move through this time of mass metamorphosis with more grace, connection, and access to your inner ground. And for more spiritually oriented female entrepreneurs and professionals, I'm offering an inner circle to Women's House of Wisdom. My version of a mastermind is called the Wisdom Circle, And it integrates authentic, sustainable business principles with feminine spiritual practice and psychological growth. And in this mastermind, it will be a more intimate group with the chance to work 
quite extensively with me one-on-one as well. Now, I found that growing a business and sharing my gifts with the world takes all three of these. It takes rooting in my spiritual practice and allowing my offerings to stem from that deep inner wellspring. And given that my career has been one of the most potent pathways for my own personal development, IFS has and continues to play a crucial role in helping to heal and clear the blocks that come up along the way of realizing this. Blocks like procrastination, resistance, my inner critic, perfectionism, overwhelm, the imposter syndrome, pushing too hard, self-doubt, just to name to name several. And last, when you join the Lux version of either of these programs, you will also be able to join my annual Women's Insight Retreat, which is taking place this year in the beautiful south of France at the end of August. Now, the Lux membership of both Women's House of Wisdom and the Wisdom Circle gives you full access to those programs plus a space at the retreat for $200 off the regular tuition, but only until March 1st. I've been leading versions of both of these programs under former names like the Red Tent and the She School for over a decade. They run from March to November, and you can learn more and join us up until March 1st at womenshouseofwisdom.com. That's womenshouseofwisdom.com. So again, if you're longing for more support with your spiritual practice and letting that infuse every area of your life, I hope you'll join us. And now back to today's talk. All right, moving on to number seven. I encourage you to go on regular retreats. And if you're newer to retreats, this could just start out as a half day retreat. You know, even just retreating for a couple of hours or a few hours can make a big difference. And there's also day long retreats and weekend retreats. And then ultimately, what's going to really help to land you in your practice in a deeper way and help you to go further in it as a week-long retreat or maybe even longer. And ideally, these retreats have a lot of meditation and silence and unplugging from the world and teachings that inspire you and help you to go further on your path. Retreats put the brakes on our daily momentum and they help us to immerse in practice And through this, a lot of insights can come through. And from there, you'll have more inspiration and support when you return to your daily life to start a daily practice and to kind of infuse it with new life if it has plateaued. Retreats are an investment. And I can say, having gone on retreats regularly for over 20 years now and I just came off of a retreat yesterday. They're just, they're imperative. 
and they're a worthwhile investment. And again, when finances are limited, there's also these shorter retreats, these half-day retreats that you can just even do at home. Number eight is please, please, please be gentle with yourself, be kind to yourself, and have compassion. It isn't necessarily easy to do this. It's easier for some than others, and there's nothing wrong with you if you have a hard time doing this. Falling off the wagon is part of the process, and when that happens, again, this is when we want to have that triple gem in place. Connect with your spiritual teacher or teachers, your spiritual community, with the teachings, and continue to build this into your life first thing, prioritize it. So you have those regular touchstones to remind you and reconnect you when things get hard. And the last one is number nine, and that is to remember your why. To remember just amidst all the things to do in life and all the problems that arise to be solved, to ask yourself, what do you most want in life? How do you most want to be in your life? And remembering that we're not going to get what we want from life, from anything outside of ourselves. It's not going to come from the money in the bank, the car, the relationship, the home, the body, the success, the whatever it is for you right now. We all know that when we get those things, we're still not satisfied. You know, maybe it helps for a little while, but ultimately it's the true fulfillment that's going to come from within, that's going to come from the essence of who you already are, but that can just be occluded by the patterns of our personalities, our minds, our nervous systems. Remember that regularly visiting your spiritual depth is the only thing that can and will give you what you really want if you stick with it. Even if the world is doing what the world does, which it will continue to do, that's not going to end. So I hope that this gives you a little something to support you. And remember, if you would like even more support in doing this, this is the central focus of my online feminine spiritual practice community, Women's House of Wisdom, that starts in March. It's always a really, really wonderful group of women, really wonderful experience, and we'd love to have you if this would be supportive to you. Again, you can learn more and join us at womenshouseofwisdom.com. But overall, I wish you much courage, gentleness, perseverance as you make space for your daily practice in your life this year and beyond. Thank you so much for joining me and for taking this time out for yourself. If you enjoyed today's episode, I'd be very grateful if you'd take a moment to rate and review this podcast. That way, other women who might enjoy it can better find it. Also, don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. And until next time, I'm sending you my heartfelt support.